You know our slogan around here is better practice, better life. But we're taking this belief to the next level. And we've recently announced the creation of a new association. It's called the Best Practices Association. Our association celebrates the mindset that is better practice, better life. This mindset celebrates time, healthy living, personal growth, clinical excellence, and impacting the lives of your patients and your team through intentional leadership. In fact, we are the work-life balance experts in dentistry. The BPA will coach independent dental practices like yours to thrive by sharing best practices and operational habits, behaviors, systems, tools, and insight that lead to profitability and sustained growth, and you can still have a life. So if you're a dentist that wants to surround yourself with great thinkers, let us help you create your own version of Better Practice, Better Life. Go to actdental.com forward slash BPA or hit the link in the show notes. Yo, yo, yo. Hey guys, welcome back to another awesome edition of the Best Practices Show podcast. In this episode, I interview three of my heroes, Dr. Josh Austin, Dr. Bill Robbins, and Dr. Jim Otten, three of the best educators in this awesome profession. We had what was called the Global Diagnosis Education Symposium here at our headquarters, and it was amazing. And beforehand, we had a little pre-chat. So here's a little sneak peek at what we learned at GDE and the pre-chat. You guys are going to love this, so listen up. I hope you enjoy it, and we'll see you soon. Hey guys, welcome back to the Best Practices Show podcast. I got a special episode today because I have three of my dearest friends in all of dentistry here, Dr. Josh Dawson, Dr. Bill Robbins, and Dr. Jim Otten in the house. In welcome, the house, guys. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having us. Oh, we've done live before. We've done... ADA and all that, but just not here in this building. Not here yeah. in this building. This is yeah. the first time we've gotten you yeah. to come to Milwaukee or Milwaukee. You know, uh, the Milwaukee. Land. Yeah, the, the good, good land. land. Did you get a T-shirt? Uh, I did not. Okay. I did not. But I do remember Wayne's World. You do. Yeah. Bill has no idea what we're talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. It's all right. <laughs> I do know Wayne's World. Yeah. So let's start here because we got a lot of we got a lot of differently. We have you know dental students listening, younger dentists. I like I always like to start with the who. Who do we got here? Josh, introduce yourself. You guys have heard me a lot here. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know it's if okay. I need to rehash all the, all the I, past. I like rehashing, so let's go. Uh, restorative dentist in San Antonio, Texas. Been practicing for, this is going to make you feel old, 17 years now. Wow, 17 years. Yeah. Uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, run into this gentleman next to me on my left, uh, Dr. Robbins, uh, when I was a child, basically. Yeah. I've known him ever since. Uh, and, and his global diagnosis and core system has changed my life. It's changed my practice. It's changed what I do. And I've been fortunate enough to try to bring some of that into some of the other things I do, which involve Invisalign and that ecosystem. And, and this is information that isn't quite as out there as, as uh, it should be. Yeah. Love it. Bill. Give us the lowdown. Who are you? All right. So I'm Bill Robbins. I'm a general dentist in San Antonio also, and I've been practicing for 50 years. This is my 50th year. Good wow. God. And um, yeah, I, I am proud to be sitting next to Josh because I knew Josh when he was just a pup. Wow. 
And um, I'm sure we'll get into this more, but because that's, <laughs> that's what today is about. But his father was a teacher at the dental school where I taught. We office next to each other, and we were actually very good friends. And I knew him when he literally was a teenager, and, um, and I've watched him grow into who he is today. Yeah. I'm, I'm very proud. That's one thing I didn't know. I didn't know that your office was right next to your dad's office. Yeah. Wow. Before okay. He became, before he became a deanlet, he was, a, he was a worker bee down where I worked, and he was with students, and the students loved him so much that they moved him upstairs to be, um, um, the, I guess he was associate dean of student affairs yeah. for a while. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he was, he was a wonderful man. That's we, awesome. We're going to hear a lot about him today for sure. Let's do it. Let's do it. Dr. Jim Martin. Good morning. How are you? I'm great, man. Who I, are you? I am the proud grandfather of an aerospace <laughs> engineer who took flying up the coast of California three weeks ago. Wow. As a pilot. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty cool. That is really cool. When you think about pushing your kids in a stroller at a high rate of speed, and then they're, you know, they're piloting an airplane. That's my best achievement. Yeah. The rest, of it, the rest of it is all gravy. Yeah. And she's a pole but vaulter, right? She's a pole vaulter. She's a wow. world-class pole vaulter. Yeah. That's awesome. She was fourth in the state of California. No, she was fourth in the nation when she was in high school, and now she's developing that into a, a Division I uh, career now, too. And it's not really a career for her. She wants to be an aerospace engineer. Very nice. She, yeah. And on the side, I was a restorative dentist. <laughs> Still am. I guess you don't ever yeah. have that up. It's your, right. it's your side hustle. It's my side hustle. Okay, right. right. It's become my side hustle. Yeah, <laughs> taught at all a lot of institutes. Uh, facilitated, facilitated, and hopefully made a dent in somebody's life along the way. I love it. Yeah, and you guys are all here in Milwaukee for the Global Diagnosis Symposium, and I want you to talk about the why behind that. You're going to be speaking today, kicking us off with you. Well, you're going to be kicking off. Well, yeah, but. I, I, I like I'm opening for you. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> well, in dentistry, that means that the head, you know, if you were, if this is a concert, well, I don't know how I'd say that. The first person that goes is usually the headliner. The person that goes after is just like, you know, is supporting up crew. Yeah. Clean up crew. So, but, uh, let's talk about the GDE. What's t- tell us what global diagnosis is and why we're here. Let's talk about that. All right. So global diagnosis education is, um, a platform that Jim and I started about three and a half years ago. And Jim and I have been friends for many years, um, peripherally, probably for 20 years through our association to start with the restorative Academy. And then our friendship grew and because we had a lot of commonalities and we actually talked pre COVID. Um, he came to San Antonio, he and Vicki, and we actually spent a weekend talking about what we might do together after we retired, as we moved into the next phase of, phase of our profession. And, um, but we never acted on it. We talked about it, but we never, you know, consulting and that sort of thing. And then you are the one that opened the door to us. I mean, I've said this a million times, but when we were all in, in, um, early March in a state of, of panic, March of 2020, when the world stopped, um, you were the one that stepped up and started the Mm -hmm. COVID relief conference that went for 10 weeks five hours a day with world-class speakers. And Jim and I were involved with you in putting that on peripherally. And we got a lot of FaceTime being on that, um, that platform for 10 weeks. And at the end of it, we said, this is it. This is our opportunity to start what we had talked about. And so we started this virtual online community, GDE. And we've been at it now for three and a half years. Yeah. Yeah, what we know is that and what we what we found since that sort of reaffirmed some of our belief 
and our success is just, you know, an accident that we were able to overcome is the way I always look at it. But uh, what we found is that there is a desperate need for uh, a dentist and professionals to really be able to organize their thought process in, a, in, an, in an orderly way and be able to implement in their practice that many very well-accomplished dentists, some who know far more about the detail of dentistry than we do, have trouble and struggle like we did, you know, in our own practices, organizing and facilitating. So they're looking, we know they're looking for a safe space where they can be themselves, they can be authentic, that we can talk about our successes and failures, uh, that we, they look for guidance, uh, community, and that community is, is global diagnosis, helping them to organize the process, but also standing with them and walking through the fire with them. Yeah, and go back to that. I mean, the reality is it's pretty lonely being a dentist sometimes and being an entrepreneur. And then you take all these courses, you come back and go, wow, that's beautiful. Right. Right. Yeah, but I got to go home. You an MO composite at number three, and then it's back to whatever you were doing before. So you're caught in this gap. Mm-hmm. And t- we were just talking about before we hit the go button, the gap, you know, you get right. to see dentists right. that are good hearted, well-meaning, w- explain the gap between where they are and where they want to go. It's just, I mean, it's the path, you know, we all just naturally take the path of least resistance. And so bringing something back to your practice is hard it's, and it's hard to institute it. And we think about it in our heads and we turn it over and turn it over. But at the end of the day, it's hard to then execute. And so yeah. if you don't have that continuing thing whether it be a study club that's in person, whether it be a study club online, whether it be a small community of local docs, whatever it is, got to have that thing that just continues to push you to do it. And for, for me, it was the, our chapter of the Seattle study club. I mean, that's, yeah. that's really what, what fueled that. And there's been no organization that's been more important to my career than that, but it's, it's, you know, not everyone has the ability to do that. Now we have technology that can bridge that gap. And yeah. I just, it, it just has to be a constant thing. It has to be the community <laughs> around it. That's pushing people to do it. Cause if not, we just go back to what's easy. Yeah. It's about mentorship. You know, what it really boils down to is, is, and what we found in the feedback from our group is that what they appreciate most is the mentorship that there's a consistent contact that helps them overcome all these cultural pieces that push against them. Because if you're doing uh, interdisciplinary restorative dentistry at a high rate, at, at, a, at a high level of uh, implementation, you're going to get pushback from a lot of the systems that are in place, and you've got to be able to overcome that. And as a solo practitioner, you know, I spend a lot of time staring in the mirror going, well, what the hell do I do now? But if I had people like Bill, which I have, and other people along the way that could help me through this, help me, help me, help me solve this problem, that takes you to the next step and takes you out of the default behavior that you've created that keeps you from moving to the next. And, and, and failure is extremely important. Try it you know, fail at it, learn from it, move on. Yeah. And go back to the mentorship thing. So if I'm 53, I've been in this for 30 some years. Mentorship, mm-hmm. there was a word called preceptorship, yeah. you know, way back when. Yeah. And mentorship was like, oh, the guy next door or the person that you met. It was very local. I feel like it was a local thing. Right. And it's changed quite a bit now. And I hear this from dentists all the time. They're like, well, I can't find a mentor. You know, how do I find a mentor? Well, you don't really find a mentor. You got to go get a mentor. Don't you? Don't you think? 
Yeah, and a lot of it's organic as well. I mean, I, there's always like dental societies want to do these mentorship programs where they assign somebody to somebody and like that never, I mean, yeah. that, you know, I mean, it's, it's an arranged marriage. It, mm-hmm. it rarely works. It has to come organically. <laughs> yeah, mine and, didn't really work out. Though. Yeah. So it, it <laughs> yeah. just, that stuff has to come organically, but it has to come from, from the, I like the word protege. I hate the word mentee. I feel like that, yeah. that mm-hmm. it is in the dictionary, but I just feel like it was added later to annoy me. It's per, it's protege. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the protege has to be the one that that seeks it out. But you, when you use the word preceptorship, preceptorship to me is a defined period of time. You get preceptored <laughs> for a certain period of time yeah. until you are competent, and then that relationship ends, and you are then right. off on your own. And that never happens in right. dentistry. Right. Right. We need a mentor throughout our entire career, mm-hmm. no matter what, and. I mean, one of yours, I would guess, is still Jim Summit to yes, this day. For sure. And, for sure. And, yeah. and uh, you, know, e- you know, even contemporaries, Jeff, I would uh, guess, is, a, is a, yes. still a mentor of yours, even though you're, you're a little bit older than him and have worked together. With, I mean, you just, that need never goes away, no matter what stage your career is in. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I like yeah. the mentorship thing better than the idea of preceptorship or de- dentistry, it's, having some required preceptorship or whatever. I just don't see that as being an answer. To it. It's a well, lifelong relationship. Yeah. yeah. Ends when you're dead. And, and another real problem is, um, is that we all are familiar with a handful of amazing teaching institutes in the United States. And these teachers are some of the best on earth that are available to us in the United States. But the problem is, is that the implementation part of it is not managed very well. And so people go and they pay a lot of money and spend a lot of time learning this amazing information from the best teachers on earth. But then they go back and on Monday morning, they still got to face the, you know, the dental assistant that says I'm pregnant and I'm going to be gone for four months and the denture patient they hate and implementing the stuff that they learned last week into their practice is so difficult to do. And I think that is the gap that global diagnosis education, um, crosses over and we become the implementation arm because we're familiar with what these institutes teach we've been to most of them and taught in some of them and so we feel like we are the bridge for these people of implementing what they learned in these amazing um, ce centers into their practices yeah 50 years of practice you guys have been doing this what's give us your highlight like bridging the gap, like what are some of the notable highlights that you've experienced as a teacher this year? You're like, wow, where you probably called Jim after the session's over. Go, That was pretty cool. Well, one of them happened to me last night. Um, so we were um, at a little cocktail party last night with people that are here um, for our symposium this week. And one of the people that has become an amazing member of our group is Crystal Snyder. And Crystal did her um, AGD program at the VA in San Antonio. And my son, that she did this in 2013, and it is an amazing program, really an amazing program. Scott Douglas is the director, and he's an amazing dentist. And my son, who graduated from dental school in May, is now doing that same program. And so Crystal, last night we were talking about Dr. Douglas, and she said, this man changed my life. I will forever be grateful for him, to him for what he did. And he, she said, how's it going for Andrew? And I said, Andrew, he's been involved in this program now since June. And so he's getting his butt kicked. And he goes, he goes in at 7 and he comes home at 7 or 7.30 and he's still not done. And he's, his head is spinning right now. And she just laughed and she said, yeah, I remember how that felt. I remember that. So we took a picture of each other, took a selfie, and I sent it to Scott. 
and I said, Scott, you know, it's always wonderful to know that what you've done um, for, for the profession over all these years you've been running the program um, is alive and well, because I'm here with one of your old students, Crystal, and she was telling me how much you've impacted her life. And I just want to tell you how much I appreciate what you've done, number one, and number two, what you're doing for my son now. Yeah. And he wrote back and he said, it turns out that he was my resident about 40 years ago, 35 years ago. So he, he's part of my legacy. That's so and, cool. And he said, you know, I just um, thank you so much for the kind words, the heartfelt, and I appreciate it. But I just want you to know how much you impacted me and how much I appreciate you. So this literally happened, you know, yeah. 12 hours ago. And it all comes full circle, doesn't it? Yes, it's, yeah. so it's a big and, circle. Yeah. And it goes back to what you were saying earlier, Josh, that you have to put yourself in these positions, right? I think, I think you organically find a mentor when, when you're not looking for him. It's sort of like when you're looking for a girlfriend or a spouse, you know? <laughs> yeah. The more you try, the worse it gets. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> yeah. Several tries at it didn't work. But, uh, but if you put yourself in these circumstances yeah. around people that have common values that, that, that you can trust that are authentic, then, you know, the, the, the relationship emerges and it's got to be a relationship that is genuine and values based. Yeah. That's how it lasts a lifetime. Okay. And what you were saying was very true last night. One of our other members has been sending us some different uh, cases to look at. And we were, and, and Bill and I looked at some of the, the, material that we submitted that was submitted and we said oh, this person's got a whole bunch of people with airway issues in their practice and what we noticed when she was submitting these things is that she was making comment that she can't get her other partners to let her do the kind of evaluations and things like this in the practice the practice isn't set up that way it's not philosophically grounded in comprehensive care in the in the uh structure that she sees where she wants to go yeah and so i was going to talk to her a little bit about can you do what you want to do in this circumstance and last night she told me she's and uh, is partnering up with somebody else that's in our study club to maybe move out of that practice and start over again though it holy cow yeah and she said and I, I wanted to thank you guys for you know what you've done to give me the courage to think about that and to do it and i said well we're going to walk with you down that path. That's the community though. I mean, yeah. that's the, the, the thing is, is you can't progress unless you start doing cases you're uncomfortable right. with. You right. need to get uncomfortable. But when you don't have the safety net of a community, yeah. you're, you're tight roping without a, a net underneath you. And that's mm -hmm. what the community of GDE does is, yeah. is gives people a safety net. They have a place every month that they can get together and yeah. say, Hey, am I seeing this right? What am I not seeing? Am I, am I on yeah. the right track? And having that, that support group that, that does that it's an incredibly daunting thing to start that track without that help, without that, that feeling of, yeah. of support behind you. And that's, I think, what, what a community like this does. And that's where we see the change. It starts there. And what starts small changes, you know, gets bigger and changes, changes everything for, for, for people because you never know that one seed that you plant and one of the attendees here today turns into the next seed down the road right. for the next younger dentist, the next seed down the road. And, and like you said, it just keeps going. It reminds me of who was the famous coach at Kansas, James Naismith. Yeah. And basketball basically coach. every basketball coach yeah. mm -hmm. invented the game. That's he invented the in game. history yeah. of right. can somehow be traced to, to James that. Naismith. Right. And so oh, yeah. 
that kind of reminds me of sort of what this is, is it's just the acorn that falls a little sure. bit from the tree that grows the new tree, but it's still the same root system, you know? Yeah. So exactly. Let's talk a little bit about GDE and tell people what it is. Let's do so it. It is a virtual study club. We meet twice a month on Wednesday evenings, um, 8 p.m. Eastern for about an hour and 45 minutes. And we do one of three things. Um, what we did a lot to start with was Jim and I gave lectures in our areas of expertise. So that was the foundational part of it. The second part is we have guest speakers in to um, enhance areas that we're not expert in. And then the third and most important part is the treatment planning. And it's based on interdisciplinary treatment planning. The whole basis of what we teach is. And so we have treatment planning with the, um, the members of GDE and they present their cases and then we discuss them and so on. So that's what happens twice a month. But once a year, we get together for a symposium. And this is our second annual symposium right here at the ACT um, Center in Milwaukee. And um, I think we ought to talk about what we're going to do today. Let's do it. What are we going to do today, Josh? Where are we starting? Uh, we're going to have fun. We're going we're gonna to talk about uh, some stuff that may make people uncomfortable. Stuff I've shared. With, actually, the first place I ever shared it was on your podcast, like the first day of the COVID relief con. Con concert. I keep wanting to say concert, like it's live. It, aid or it something. felt like a concert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not, a a t- not a Taylor Swift concert no, by any yeah. means. Very, very like low key uh, type the, thing. Can yeah. we do the Kirk Barrett eras concert with just the different eras? Hey, of the styles? truth was, I was having a panic attack, and I just grabbed you guys yeah. and brought you in. To, I had nothing to do except watch the news, and so I which didn't want to do everything worse, which was yeah. making it worse. Yeah. So you guys were right there. So I remember I texted you. I said I'm going to talk about some stuff that may be a little uncomfortable tomorrow and you were like don't like you took kind of told me not to because uh-huh. you thought i was gonna like slam the ada or something like that you, oh you thought yeah i was yeah. gonna be real negative about about uh the libertarian argument or whatever well in truth like, you're no, one of my like favorite speakers ever and i never know what you're gonna say <laughs> <laughs> that's why i sit in nervous anticipation and excitement yeah well so i, I just shared the journey that that over the years Dentistry is a, a tough profession, not only yeah. on us physically, not only on us uh, from a mental challenge standpoint, but, but from a mental health standpoint right. as well. And it's, it's uh, one of the few professions, I don't know, if you're an accountant, do you really see failures? Maybe you miss a date on a file. I don't know. Right. The, the, you the accountants are going to yeah. send all kinds of crazy yeah. replies to us about us talking bad about it. But you don't see failures the way that we see failures. Right. And I think we're all trained that when there's a failure, we did something wrong. Right. And, and we wear that with us and, and, and that, that weighs on us when we go home. And, and, and so I started just noticing what used to be a, a, a pretty overall cheerful disposition had, had sort of deteriorated over those 15 years. Yeah. And uh, at some point I decided I needed some, some, uh, some help with something. And so I, I started seeing a therapist and, and then, you know, uh, started taking some medications and things like that. And so I sh- kind of shared that journey with, with the COVID relief group. Yeah. And then that sort of turned into what it is now, which is like a three and a half hour program. It's a me too movement. Yeah. It's a me very too. important subject though. Yeah. I mean, there isn't a week that goes by that people don't talk about the mental health yeah. challenge and burnout. Yeah. And then there's all these things mm-hmm. that are interrelated yeah. and we're by no means yeah. an expert, but yeah. the- no, that, and that's, that, that was part of the deal was like, Hey, I've seen lectures from psychiatrists and psychologists and it's fine, but they don't understand what our days are like. Right. Yeah. And so I think the message was, Hey, this is coming from me as a dentist. This is just my journey. 
you may identify with all of this. You may identify with none of this, but this is just the journey I've been on. And if you can pull some slices out of that, that, that could be helpful for you going forward. I think at the end of the day, the biggest problem is that dentists in general have really poor coping mechanisms and a lot of problems in dental lives come from that. Stress triggers these coping mechanisms that aren't healthy alcohol, drug abuse, sex addiction, gambling, all these things that lead into other issues that permeate our lives. And it's because we're never taught very well how to cope starting from our days in dental school and then on from there. So just suffer from comparison too, for sure. Compare and despair. Yeah. 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 Well, what's the guy down the street doing? Yeah. Well, and now it used to, it used to just be, what's the guy down the street doing? Now with the internet and Instagram, I can compare my stuff with Dr. Michael Appa, who's right. prepping veneers on Jennifer Aniston at five grand a unit. And I'm looking at my case that I just did and thinking that I'm not good enough. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and meanwhile, he's got a ceramist looking over his shoulder while he's prepping. And like, of, of course, I'm not going to be able to do that. Confirmation right. 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 I mean, so it's it's it, and the other thing is, and, and we'll talk all about Instagram later today, is the problem with Instagram is that no one ever shows their failures. Mm-hmm. No. And we don't learn anything from the things that go perfectly. Right. But if you look at everyone's Instagram, Everything we touch is a Midas touch. Everything's gorgeous, you know, yeah. and, and so uh, th- that leads to this this thing, Instagram in specific, I like to bag on it because it was supposed to be this platform where we posted pictures of our cool brunch spot and our dogs and whatnot. And now it's it's become this thing it's of competition. Exactly. And right. it's a constant highlight reel. And you're looking at everyone's highlight reel while there's chaos going on around us. And we're comparing right. ourselves to that. And it's 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 not maybe the most healthy thing to have exposure to 24 <laughs> seven. <laughs> How would you know that? Uh, yeah. I've been down the hole at 2 a.m. Doom right. scrolling, right? Oh, it's oh, terrible. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure like your daughter, your daughter plays, I don't know, is this something, have you talked about this on the show? Like what your daughter's up to and not really. Okay. No. So what your daughter, I mean, your daughter's a division one volleyball player, right? Yeah. And so she's 18. Yes. Yeah. And so most of her adolescent life has been shaped by for sure by that having access to that right. all the time and i can't imagine what it would be like to be a teenager growing up with that sort of with that access to that all the time and and having that form your social circle and and all i mean it just is i see what it does to 65 year old white male dentist. I can't imagine what it does to a 17 year old woman. Yeah. We talk about all the time in our house. Like it was hard enough being a kid when I was a kid and then watching our kids go through middle school. We always said having three daughters, like middle school was the worst. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? It was just hard. Now kids with all of these things, struggling with who they are, what's real, what's not real. You've got the augmentation thing now going with AI. People can change their photos. You know, it's like, I I mean, we could go down a rabbit hole and all of this, but I I think what it's going to lend itself to is people are going to feel more and more isolated. That's why getting together with you guys is so, I mean, this is just the thing. That's what was so rough about COVID was that we didn't have this. Yeah, we had the online stuff and that was great. If we didn't have it, we'd all be lost. Yeah. But you miss this part of it. You miss last night. You know, with COVID conference, you didn't have last night. You didn't have the cocktails. We didn't have Jim getting to watch Patrick Mahomes throw catchable passes to, to every, every Bob and Sam who couldn't catch the ball and, and having to, to watch his, him suffer. Boy, did that start out. The whole season start out. I have no sympathy for him at all. He has got two Super Bowl trophies to dry his tears with. Hey, he is awesome. The, this will not hold him back. I no, can, I can assure you that. So 
Yeah, but I mean, what you're talking about is, is what uh, Liv Bory, I heard talk the other day, said it was a Moloch trap. And mm-hmm. a Moloch trap is something that um, causes us to leave our values be, to keep up with something else or in honor of something that's not really real. Yeah. Right. And so, for example, you know, in Instagram, people all of a sudden now are modifying photographs. Yeah modifying this, showing their best stuff, creating this culture. Whereas if they left the stuff alone, it would be a much more valuable learning lesson than if you're creating these things, trying to outdo one another. So you're, you're doing it, you're sacrificing, you know, the the values of authenticity and honesty and integrity to look good. And so everybody starts to feel like, you know, they should look good. And I think one of the examples she, she talks about in the Moloch trap is, when people go to a concert and everybody's sitting down and then all of a sudden the people in the front start standing up, well then everybody else has yeah, to stand up. It's a trickle effect. And, and nobody can sit down and no one has a better view now because they're standing up and probably worse, yeah. but you can't get them to sit down. So you're all trapped into this system. <laughs> and, and it's really an interesting concept. I think that we are so affected by that in many ways. We can't, don't want to go down that rabbit hole too far. But. Bill mentioned earlier a couple of the great teaching centers here in the United States. And I think we immediately kind of know that we're talking about Frank Spear and John Coyce. I think one of the things that's and the Panky Institute. Yeah, yeah. one of, and one of the, Center, and yeah. I, I never got to see LD LD Panky speak, but yeah. I love Lee and and, uh, and and whatnot. But I think one of the things that sets those those two gentlemen apart is that they always show cases that went wrong, mm-hmm. and and that's where the principles come. It's sure. not just a slideshow of beautiful <laughs> case after beautiful case. It's it's what went wrong, and I think that's why they are where they are, is because mm-hmm. they're the ones that are are willing to show I tried that this, vulnerability. it didn't work. Yeah. This is what we learned. Now this is what we right. do. And I think yeah. Jeff does that a lot too. I mean, Jeff, Jeff starts his program with, I failed my son. Well, my latest lecture that I've just created in the last three years is called a 50 year retrospective, my failures and lessons learned. Yeah. And it started out with four lectures, four um, sort of mini lectures, yeah. 30 minutes or so. And now it's up to 21. Yeah. And so I can send a menu to a study club director and we pick five of the 21 failure lectures and it's a whole day of failures. And it's, it's can, I now, can I submit 300 more? Okay. <laughs> now I am just going to say that I've seen you speak a lot and I sat here last year and watched you do the one with the miter saw mm-hmm. and the, I, I mean, that, I told Jim McKee, I said, when he comes to town, you have to have Bill Robbins do that. Like, I was sweating from head to toe. And I was next to Brian, and I'm like, are you, are you seeing what I'm seeing? He's like, I can't believe this. And I'm like, it is one of the most amazing lectures I've ever seen. I actually didn't even believe, I, I had to do this, like, check. I'm like, is this really happening? And I asked you, why did you keep going? You're like, I couldn't believe it was happening either. <laughs> so to, I'm just telling you guys, if you're listening to this, you got to see, um, you got to see this lecture. It's, it's truly one of my favorite of all time. Thanks. Thanks. Yeah. So, well, let's do this. Um, we've got guests that are showing up here in just a few minutes. Yeah. Um, give us a final few words for the day. You know, what do you hope for the profession? What do you hope for today? And uh, let's hit a home run today. Yeah, Start with you, Josh. Want everybody, you know, let's just be open. Let's be authentic, and let's, you know, be our real selves. Yeah. What do you hope happens today, Bill? All right. Well, I'm the finisher today. Okay. Um, and um, it's going to start with an amazing program with Josh because I've heard this before, so I know what he's going to say. I'm not sure what you're going to say this afternoon, and I'm going to finish it up with um, about 15 or 20 minutes on self care, 
And I think it fits in very well with what Josh is going to talk about. So my end today is going to be self-care. I love it. I love it. Jim? I'm going to uh, facilitate office hours. We've got a new piece that we're going to do on the platform just called office hours. And office hours are talk about anything that's on your mind. Awesome. And uh, some people brought some technical things and some people are going to probably have some behavioral things to talk about. So we're going to facilitate that process as well. Yeah. And everybody just, um, you know, we're here to have a, a great time. Like you said, uh, be open, honest, sincere, and to help, help others. Yeah. Well, I'm so excited, gentlemen. I'm so grateful for your friendship, uh, what's going to happen today, and we're going to have a good time. You're so, here. You're here. No here. doubt. Thank so, you so much. Yeah. So let's do this. If you guys are listening, you, I want you to do this. Check this out. We're going to put all the links down in the show notes. So if you're listening on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, doesn't matter. I want you to flip up to the show notes and you'll see a link to Global Diagnosis Education. You'll see a link to all of these wonderful human beings uh, and what they do. And I'm going just going to encourage you to check it out because they truly are uh, such a gift to the profession. So they can email us about anything. I love it. I love it. So cool. We'll stick around while we say goodbye to everybody else. So thank you guys for listening to the best practices show. If you enjoyed today, just do us a favor, hit the share button. And until we see you guys next time, keep watching or keep listening to the best practices show. You guys enjoy your day. So there you have it. Another great episode. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Hey, and thank you for showing up. I just want to thank you for being here and sharing the good word with your friends. And if you're really enjoying the podcast, could you do me a favor? Could you go to wherever you consume the podcast and just give us a four or five star review? Here's what that does. It allows us to find other great people like you. I love this profession so much. I'm gonna spend the rest of my professional life finding great information so that you can consume it and your friends can consume it so that you can create a better practice and a better life. So keep spreading the word and we will see you guys soon. Have a great day, everybody.